hey Hada, what's happening in melee all kinds of things as per usual spoiler alert it will always be that way there's always more melee to be played i promise i don't say that every single episode but Hada, dad gummit it's great to be back on the mic here it's been a really rough week for me but you came down with the with the homey blessings of no salt mine because we have a lot of people over at All Chat Esports, shout outs, big love, over at Smash Summit 14. So no salt mine this week. That means we can record earlier tonight on this mm. glorious Melee Thursday. Hada, how's it going? It's good, man. Uh, yeah, I feel a little left out. Um, so I got yeah, JFlex obviously playing as a competitor in Summit, Train the Trash Man and Slumlord both there as VIPs. But, you know, I, I find my gems where I can. Um, Fully enjoying being a dog dad and a cat dad, and we did some been playing some volleyball, been playing some melee. I've been mm. playing. I got a forty-eight minute PB on my get a win with every character in the roster challenge. That's we went great. From three hours flat to two hours and twelve minutes, so not too shabby. If anyone That's wants great. to uh, wants to do that, basically you start on one end. So <clears throat> Iron Man rules, you have to win with everyone in a row. But you don't have you lose, you don't start at the beginning because I'm not plup, you know. I mean, I, that's sadistic. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's insane. You have to, honestly, like, even like the top, top, top players, the only way they do that is if they make a fresh account and they have like negative MMR. So it's it's actually <laughs> impossible if you're playing against decent players. There's there are too many good players now that there's no. There shot. are a lot of good players on Unranked. Shouts out to Unranked. Uh, did you see this? This happened a few months ago, but I only saw it on Reddit the, a day or two ago that. I think Fizzy has a lot of the bones in place for ranked. He had a little demonstration on his stream from a few months ago where he showed the basic process of what ranked is going to look like more or less. Mm -hmm. Functionally, it appears to be mostly there. So not that it's down to like little tweaks and, and set this or that up and then it's good to go. I don't know the full details on how far away, but I saw functioning ranked on a highlight clip of fizzy stream from a month or two ago so that just that put that put such joy in my heart so shouts out to unranked being classy and yet exactly the opposite of classy all at the same time but ranked is coming so soon the tryhards will have a place to just relax and complain about the awful internet connections they run into <laughs> that's definitely going to be i'm sure the first complaints like you know i'd be master tier if i didn't run into so many laggy players and i just like and I, and I and I couldn't execute all my punishes, bro. Like I, you know, I'd definitely be like high plat instead of bronze. And if I didn't, if you know, <laughs> other players had better internet, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, man, whatever. But um, <laughs> on on a more serious note, um, I think I do want to take the time while we have a lot of your retention right now to um give remembrance to a friend of mine. I uh, knew them semi-briefly uh, went met them a couple of tournaments but very near and dear to the ohio and especially pittsburgh scene and that is the lake uh the lake uh passed away over the past weekend uh absolute pillar of the pittsburgh melee community friend to many uh thousands upon thousands of memories as well as some of the greatest zelda performances you've ever seen and definitely the best zelda to ever do it in melee's history so rest in peace to the lake rest in peace aaron i hope you're doing uh, doing better in wherever you're at right now, homie. Um, but honestly, one of the most kind-hearted and honest individuals I've ever met. Great outpouring of of these uh, such positive words and and remembrances. My favorite is from the PGH Discord. I've been a member of the PGH Discord, just a lurker for some time. So when I got this at everyone, I felt like this was the best thing to read out of all the different things that you could have seen about the lake. I mean, even people like Hungrybox. It just goes to show, again, how how much the lake had a, had a presence in the Melee community. But I wanted to read this from PGH Carol, who says... This was originally written to the PGH Discord server. <clears throat> Good evening, PGH Smash. Obviously, by now you've heard the news of the tragic and sudden passing of Aaron the Lake Bilstein. Aaron was one of the most important and prominent faces of the PGH scene for over 10 plus years, as well as one of the best players of his main character, Zelda. Words can never do justice to the kind of guy Aaron was. He truly was the best of us. G great words. It's again same as what hada was saying rest in peace to the lake it's 
it's it's someone that I'll never get to say that I've had the privilege of meeting. I never got to meet the lake, and and I'm sad that I didn't. Yeah, I mean, um, I like it was. I've only I probably knew him for collective, you know, ten fifteen minutes, but um, just could tell just by their presence at a regional presence at a tournament that absolute beloved member of the community, and they will for sure be missed. Um, you know, it's it's always good to see regions pick up their players and have that family aspect. And um, I think what's so cool is you get to see uh, such level of endorsement and such level of support in tournaments like Summit as well. So we have Summit going on this weekend as well. Um, a huge outpour of support for from the tri-state region for players like uh, like JFlex and, of course, JMook and IBDW getting a lot of great response as well uh, of course we had media day and as the wacky bracket is going on right now we had a what was it like crazy off-brand controller tournament uh, we also are in the middle of i believe the vip doubles bracket in which uh, josh man and hungry box actually upset ralph and dark atma who are probably my favorite for the bracket so hungry box and josh man josh man of vip in this case are doing very very well and uh, it's really cool to see all these, uh, at least a little bit more of a nod back towards doubles again. I know uh, Summit did get a lot of flack for, they used to host a full doubles bracket back in the early eight days of Summit. And then they started to subsequent it for weird Ironmen or crew battles or wacky <laughs> events. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 you know, doubles isn't a side event. Doubles is a, an event event. Like people take doubles seriously, especially at the height of, Pew Fat and Team UGS and, you know, Left and Ice, that was a very, very serious event. And I guess with uh, the exodus of a lot of those players, I guess people didn't really see a huge gravitate, didn't really seem to gravitate too much towards um, that event. But uh, now that we're seeing it start to, I guess, eke its way back in to the Summit format, and even with Hungrybox and Plop even getting on the mic saying, you know, we've won the last three majors that we've teamed at free, it was the it's the it's the easiest pop bonus secure of our lives. You know, we wish we had some competition trying to you know spark some fire into some doubles players, and uh, you love to see stuff like that. You really do. And so I hope, uh, you know, me coming from a doubles emphatic region like Colorado, um, you I really hope to see the entire melee community start to lean into doubles again. And I love the fact that they're doing doubles again. Like you were saying, it's been a little while since they've done. He would, what you would say like the the serious for real doubles bracket i also want to do before we get more into summit 14 we had a couple of sponsorship signings if you will we have pulse gaming bringing back swift to the fold so i don't know how often we actually get to see our a reuniting signing happen but it'd be not that quite at the level of somebody like liquid and hungrybox and actually how do you fire hungrybox i'm pretty sure hungrybox owns stakes in team liquid yeah. now like sure is like is a partial owner yeah partial owner which that's pretty cool that's that's not uh super common in, in among, among melee players obviously but I just wanted to say for Pulse Gaming, it's cool that you're bringing back Swift. Swift is obviously one of the best Pikas in the world and great dual maining between Fox and Pikachu. And actually Swift, uh, VIP at Smash Summit 14. And then the last one, and I, I have mixed reactions on this and we could talk about this or we don't have to other than saying that it did happen. 69% merch brand signing og kid as uh and i forgot what was the exact word i want i don't want to say ambassador but representing representing 69 percent how did they how did they phrase it how did they phrase it, how did they phrase it? there's so many retweets okay we would like to uh yes they did say our newest brand ambassador og kid who is obviously up and coming puff main out of tri-state or i guess you could say up upstate new york however you want to phrase it i actually got to meet og kid at big house 10 super super nice family also very nice uh his mom and a family friend was there with him so something that 69 percent made clear was this is this is also uh receiving per parents permission making sure that uh an adult family member is going with like sponsored to go i guess in, in whatever capacity like you know get both people there uh, og kid plus uh i guess i guess probably as well most likely i mean that's who i met at big house 10 like i said both very very nice so it's a little weird only because i'm like what, what? 
we're signing super, super young kids, but it happens all the time in these bigger esports. It happens all the time for sports like, you know, the basketballs and soccers of the world. So as long as they're doing it responsibly, I guess I have to just say, all right, then that works. I, uh, that's, that's about as far as I go with reacting to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's really cool to see stuff like that. Um, I think specifically a brand ambassador is very interesting. And so I'm sure, you know, free shirts, free sweatshirts, stickers, whatever. Um, I'm not sure they're paying him. I don't think they legally can. Um, but when it all boils down to it, I think specifically with OG Kid, amazing social media interactions. Very, like you said, very wholesome, comes from a good family that supports him. Um, and it's a very healthy relationship with the greater melee scene. I think that's something that we used to see back in the day, um, specifically with like players like Hacks. Um, Hacks started playing about when o- about at OG Kids' age, about like 12, 13 years old. I think Hacks was at their first tournament, and um, you know got a lot of um, you know older players were meeting with Hacks' family and you know uncles and aunts and whatever in order to say like, hey. You know, Hacks going to this tournament, uh, we'll take care of him. Of course, you know, mom or dad came along or whatever, and that built up, you know, an extended family relationship. And I know, like, back in the day, you know, that was probably a little bit less um, looked over than probably the Hack situation. But when I'm seeing a lot of all the, especially the pleasantries that surround OG Ken and all the support, um, when he got that 2-1 upset over Midnight Blue, I think it's Shine or something, and then it was a Big House Ten. Big yeah. House, it was Big House. Um, just the overwhelming outpour of of um, support for OG Kid was so cool. And I know, like, um, it's it's really funny. Colorado has our own OG Kid. We have a player named Acebox, A C E B O X, and his name's Brody. He's a super sweet kid. He's literally 13 years old. And he plays Puff just like OG Kid. And um, oh, wow. He comes to all these tournaments and, um, you know, it's a very similar situation where um, his parents know the scene. His parents um, are very supportive and they know that, you know, that it's, it's a safe environment. And it's really cool because uh, we all like our very big brother atmosphere when we're around Brody. Like I remember I was streaming like League of Legends at 2 a.m. and Brody showed up in my chat. I'm like, go to bed. Get out of my chat. Go to bed. You are a child. Go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, we're all up at the age of 12 and 13 or whatever. Yeah, 2 a.m., yeah. Sure, dude, I'm like, no, go to bed. <laughs> so it, it's just interesting like to see young players come up, especially that early, because I know I started playing when I was like 17, 18 years old. I was a darn near an adult. Couldn't imagine, you know, going through middle school, going through high school even, you know, playing Smash and traveling. Um, but I know players like France, players like Forrest, um, Cal for a brief period was in high school and competing at the highest level. OG kid, um, you know it happens. And you know, esports is such a interesting space where you can be very very young and be at the top level. So it's uh, just really up to the rest of the community to form a supportive and safe atmosphere around those young players as well. As long as we're all striving to do that, then kids uh, or anybody else who's like what you would consider to be in a, a minority group can continue to show up, feel welcome, feel safe. That's that's the whole that is the whole point behind it. It's not just up to OG Kids' mom to you know help police things. Like we all got to pitch in there. So uh, for me, I mean, uh, one of the parts of the conversations that I remember having with her was about how to how to contact TOs prior to an event to talk about you know, like tournament scheduling because OG kid had doubles and singles on Friday. No, it was just singles on Friday, excuse me, and had to show up and skip school (laughs) because they weren't able to change around the scheduling. Mm -hmm. And it it wasn't because of a failure of of communication. It was just more of like, we didn't uh, look at it soon enough. And then after it was past a certain time, we weren't sure who to talk to that kind of a scenario. And I said, well, you, you definitely want to try to be pre- proactive in the in the future and just kind of gave advice in that respect. It's just, again, making sure that they all feel welcome and that there, there, there are ways to continue to adapt into what the scene is now. Anyway, it was super cool to see that on Twitter. We should probably get into Summit 14. We have probably teased this long enough. But part of the reason for teasing is because I asked, I asked Melee Stats, summit 
channel thread. Hey, where in the world is the pools? There are no pools published yet mm -hmm. for an event that literally is happening right now. The the pools will start tomorrow, I assume, because it's usually a mix of Friday and Saturday. Yeah, that's how it is. So why do I not see if Zane and somebody like, I don't know, Plup are in the same pool or whatever? You know, that kind of exciting stuff. And we could talk about, oh, who's going to go... 3-0 and in their pool and blah, blah, blah. But guess what, Hada? We don't have that information because it hasn't been published yet. No, we what? Don't. It's not public yet, Hada. That's what the people in Melee Stats are telling me. I'm, like, losing my mind over here because it's Thursday, dude. Yeah, I, I know that the players know because uh, J-Flex, I think it's a, con I might have even made a contractual thing because J-Flex showed up in our Discord and said, Hey, I have to learn. I have to get sessions with this character, this character, and this character. Can you guys help me? And we're like, yes. And, the, and I don't think he was allowed to say anything. So it might be a, a surprise thing or something. Like it gets released at the end of today or the beginning of tomorrow. But the players know. And I, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Um, well, what about me? Don't I matter, Hada? <laughs> you do matter. You do matter. But I guess like for the precursors, I think the biggest thing that we should probably look forward to is a serious contention towards the number one spot here at Summit 14. And uh, oh, I yeah. believe out of IBW's mouth themselves, seeds one through nine legitimately have a chance to win this whole thing. One through nine, it would not shock Cody. It would not shock any top player that one of the top nine seeds one wins the whole thing and that must mean amazing. a pretty good player is number nine that's crazy <laughs> i don't remember who nine is i know that 10 is pipsqueak and i don't know if that means anything but <laughs> <laughs> we don't want pipsqueak to win is apparently what uh, ibdw no. is saying apparently not poor ibdw is mad because mango you know kind of has had ibdw's number but who beats mango Pipsqueak. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, we'll have to see. But the thing is, like, after that, you know, after seed nine, quote unquote, um, seeds 10 through 16 are all a bunch of hitters. Seed 16 is J Flex. J Flex has beaten Moki. J Flex has beaten Pipsqueak. J Flex has beaten, um, you know, Mech, I think, has taken Salt. Hbox to game five has taken most of the top, to, top seeds to game four, game five, and has proven that. They can go at it with the best of them. So it's going to be a bloody summit summit this year. You know, again, JFlex being the bottom seed and being a top 30 player yeah, really says a lot. It's a very, very top heavy um, entire uh, summit campaign. And I think we haven't really had that in a while. There's really no meme pick this time around. You know, no offense to Dark Genix, but I think Dark Genix was definitely out of the running pretty quickly. And I think even at that point, Blue at that summit was even out of the running. Um, but, you know, they got there, they had fun, they got some. They got some games and they got some sets in, but I think that every single like player half a day, <laughs> yeah, you know they, they, they got kicked out, you know, but <laughs> not of their own volition. But I think at this summit, it's gonna be a actually a huge toss up. I think uh, J Flex could definitely get a couple wins. That's my boy. That's my all chat homie. Um, mm. I think he can definitely get a couple wins. I'm hoping he can make it into the main bracket. Um, I think Everybody I, makes it into the main bracket, but you're talking about the winner's side. I you know, winner's have side, J-Flex would be nuts. Like a, a two-seed J-Flex out of his pool would be crazy. It'd um, be wild. I mean, hey, I mean, we, might as well we go doing this. And get one seed. Why not? You know, <laughs> we're doing this. We're doing this gauntlet thing, as far as I'm aware, this year again. So everybody has about as good of a chance as you could ask for when it comes to getting a winner's side seating in the final bracket, but. It takes a lot of sets mm -hmm. for you to lose in order to get to the point where you're going to start on loser's side. But hey, J Mook, not J, J Flex. See, this is my problem. Yeah. J Flex, so talented. J Flex can definitely crack top eight if you get on the hot enough run. And if J Flex has been prepping, which we all know J Flex has been prepping for this, mm -hmm. this is a not a once in a life, lifetime opportunity, but. After for playing the game for 10 plus years, JFlex has this amazing opportunity all this time later, and you know that JFlex was going to be is going to be ready for that moment. So I'm looking forward to seeing performance out of out of JFlex at Summit 14. I'm hoping to see a nice run from JFlex. I'm also hoping to see just because we probably 
underappreciate how dominant Professor Pro has been in, in, in sorry, Britain since 2005, I think is when Prof started playing this game. It would all be so cool to see Professor Pro shred through some of these American and, well, okay, we also have Pipsqueak and and Sudsay, sorry, who are also at this event. But what I'm saying is it would be cool to see Professor Pro pull off some upsets make it into top eight as well. But there are a lot of amazing players here. Of course, you have players like Zane and Mango and IBW, Hungrybox, AMSA. All the people who I just named, by the way, have won multiple events this year. Right. So you have so much to contend through. And then you have the people like Leffen and Wizrobe and Plup and Pipsqueak, like we already said. But we also don't want to miss Axe, Kadoran, Ralph, and Soonsay. All of these players have a lot of good wins and have made some deep bracket runs if not winning the whole thing depending on the event that you're talking about we've had a lot of historical melee action from this year leading up to summer 14 and i liked what you said earlier that this has a lot of bearing on who's going to finish number one because this gives you a lot of matchups so you can start to affect your head-to-head with the other top players and if you win of course it carries so much weight because this is and i i loved the ludwig smash invitational okay lsi super fun but this is the invitational of our community mm-hmm. and if you win summit you're put up there in the echelon of these amazing historical melee players, most of which are still playing the game, mm-hmm. and you have an opportunity to be among the best, the very best in all of melee's history if you can even just win one of these events. And it will, of course, have a big bearing on who finishes number one if you, for the year if you win Summit 14. And, of course, I'm not talking about people like Pipsqueak, but I'm talking about people like Zane, Hungrybox, Amsa, Mango, Leffen, IBDW, those are the kind of players that are gunning for number one. Yeah, and it's uh, situations like this where you have to think who who is due? Who would be the most affected by a win of this caliber? Mm-hmm. And I've been, Yeah, I was about to say, you know, <laughs> J-Mook has had a series of se- second, third, fourth, oh, fifth. You know, after his breakout run at Genesis has not finished outside of top eight at a major. Except for, wait, did he get ninth? Did he get ninth at Big House? No, seventh. Seventh. It was I, it was Jmook versus yeah. Zane for yeah. seventh place in That's losers it. bracket. How messed up is that? So it's like uh, after a breakout performance, getting second at the past Genesis, has then had a uncanny ability to not place outside of top eight for every single major tournament that they've been in attendance. Have they gotten that win yet? Not yet. But are they due? Absolutely, and they can hundred yes. percent do it. So I. I don't want to throw my hat in the ring for Jay for Jay Mook per se. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into Jay Mook winning some, and I think it's you got to get a good bracket. You got to not necessarily avoid HBox. I think HBox probably the problem matchup for Jay Mook as of this moment. Um, can't ignore Cody. Can't ignore um, Zane and Leffen. Um, I think. I, I want Leffen to win. I'm not gonna lie. I really want Leffen to win a summit. I think it'd be <laughs> really cool to see Leffen win a summit. But after the comments Leffen has been making, Leffen's been stirring some pot. Um, <laughs> it's just, just a little much, man. It's a little lot, much for me. So I'm not. I'm not on the big left. Big left train right now. As of right now. But what I will say is, I want Jmook to go out, grab that gold medal cement themselves as a true top five player for the season because uh, i do think that they're in contention uh for like that fifth sixth ranked spot as of right now it's probably in the lineup of zane mango hungry box cody then maybe jay mook or Leffin or something or jay mook all or those players have missed top eights at events yeah. they've attended but not jay mook that is true the mark of consistency in that i think that's amazing a consistency. Very, i think once jay mook breaks up in the dam it's uh, I would be. Uh, I think, uh, and people will get to hear this. By the way, I recorded an interview with Jake Spear. Jake Spear and I both felt comfortable saying Jamie can be the game's best player, number one ranked player in two years, and and it takes winning one. I think the I think the I think the floodgates open after that. Yeah, it all takes is one. All it takes is one, and so I, I'm I'm a, I'm a put my stamp in for the tournament. I want, I'm going to send my energy to J Mook. I'm going to send my energy to J Flex for a top eight. 
and it's Jay Sheik's all weekend. That's 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 my vote of confidence. So for me, I am definitely looking at Jay Mook as a potential winner. I am dismissing Leffen and Mango in IBDW because I think this really weird thing is going to happen where it comes down to Zayn and Hungrybox once again, and maybe a little bit of a wild card run from Plup, perhaps. But Ooh, well, we haven't been talking about Plup. Yeah, I mean, oh, speaking please. of Plup, I mean, geez, That's go to more sad. events, Plup, first of all. Secondly... <laughs> Maybe win one, aside from CEO, yeah. and I think the only person there was Hungrybox, which is fair. You beat Hungrybox. Good for you, Plup. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. We are in the present. Summer 14. Anyway, I think it weirdly comes down to Zane, Hungrybox, and Plup. And I'm looking at Zane because even though Hungrybox has been challenging Zane more recently, I still say that Zane is able to rise above all these other players. I think that this format does benefit him overall. I wouldn't have said that a few years ago because Zane has gone to a fair amount of summits leading up to this one that we're talking about right now and sometimes gets upset, but I'm going to say that Zane will be able to stay in winner's side at least until winner's finals, and that's going to do... I mean, that, that right there means that Zane is very likely to win because Zane's path to winning this event goes through winners. I don't want to say it's the quote-unquote armada path, but there are certain players who want to go to grand finals through winner side in order to have the best chance of winning, and that's got to be Zane. So I would say top three for me is Zane, Hungrybox, Plup for Summit 14. That's my prediction. I also wouldn't mind seeing... Like I said, Jay Mook winning, Jay Flex going super far, like a nice dummy hype fifth place or something, just making everybody look silly. I mean, Jay Flex is so talented. So and then talented. it would be cool. It would be cool to see. It would be cool to see Amsa challenge for another top four placing. Mm -hmm. It'd be cool to see Axe try to have a nice little hot run because. After Shine, I think Axe started to cool off a little bit again. It was not super great showing at LSI or at Big House, but who knows? And then, like I was saying earlier, I'm looking at soon say Professor Pro. Like, who's gonna who's gonna go up there and finish top eight? Who's gonna who's gonna go on that big run? Because mm -hmm. we have had the privilege of being able to see a fair amount of players have that magical run to a high placing finish, and then seeing, I think. <clears throat> a lot of different players winning big events, but we haven't broken the record of a single year where a certain amount of different players win big events. I think we've tied the one of the years past of like 2015 or something. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, or maybe it was 2016 when the Five Gods era officially started to die down, but there, obviously we have Zane, Hungrybox, Amsa, IBDW, Mango, and I guess you could say Pluff kind of left in <laughs> because Battle of BC4 was definitely a big event. But are we going to get a new player? There's only a few events left this year. And some 14, that's as good a chance as you have as any other event of taking it. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this all shakes out. So for, for you, Hada, last last thing, I wanted to hear your, your, your little bit of a commentary update from you because we have some great commentators broadcast talent if you will at right. summit 14 we're getting to see the return of lovage which is always super fun and of course we have people like homemade waffles and phil toefish webs but you're not there so i'm always sad to hear that not that i was expecting you to to you know be one of the commentating talent at summit 14 specifically but i always say because you deserve it, Hada, to, to have these opportunities. You did commentate a, a top eight recently. Talk about that. Talk about yeah. your commentary, commentating journey this year. Um, commentary is great. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff from home. Uh, you know, Netplay is great for that. Uh, the most recent tournament I did was um, Nightmare on Dreamland, which was run by uh, Blumbo and Kickflip, uh, who are two of the TOs for, I believe, the Tired of O2 series um, through all chat. So, if you want to work with them, uh, they do run a great amateur tournament every single Monday on all chat. Um, mm. They're an absolute joy to work with. Um, I believe Faust ended up winning that over MGMG in grand finals. Uh, Faust, a monster Canadian puff. And uh, commentary right now, um, trying to grow as a vocal talent myself, uh, doing a lot more vocal exercises, trying to expand my range, trying to uh, listen to a lot of other top casters. Been working with um, some casters from 
the Immortal Gates of Pyre community and from the RTS community specifically, so a real-time strategy. Um, so we are going to be having another Alpha Trials, which is a um, sanctioned all-chat esports tournament for Immortal Gates of Pyre, which is the new up-and-coming AAA title coming out from Sunspear Games. So if you guys like uh, StarCraft, if you like um, RTS games, if you like Age of Empire, would strongly recommend giving that game a look out. And um, myself and Trey the Trashman will be commentating it. Uh, this upcoming month, so I believe we do have a $500 pop bonus, so if you're secretly uh, a big RTS head and you think you can hit, throw your hand in the ring for that, you know, it's definitely a um, a good way to either, one, win some cash, or we do also have some custom keyboards to give away, one to a player and one to um, someone on our Twitter giveaway, which I believe is being run um, on the... Um, I believe it's on the Immortal Gates of Pyre Twitter account. If you guys check out Twitter, I will go ahead and uh, plug a link to that as well um, on the description of this podcast. And so if you guys want to go ahead and check that out, it's a great time to either one, try to cash in for a free keyboard or two, get into a new game. It's a really, really cool game. It's really well made. Development development support is awesome. It's still, it's still <laughs> developer support is awesome, which is wow. Great. Yo, I, I wouldn't know how that feels. Um, but it's still an alpha, and it's still getting a lot of great tread, a lot of great support. And so once it hits beta and it starts to get a lot more players, and of course, once we get into the full game on full official release, it's really going to take off. I think it's a great project. It's going to – I think it might just be the next big thing, if I'm being honest with you. It's a great game. So go ahead and give that a look-see. And um, that's about it for my commentary journey. So thinking about other things, I'm switching over to GameCube controller officially. I'm actually going to get a fob thrown into this guy. So we're going to be magnetized. So I already ordered that. So I'm really Fobbing and throbbing. Let's yeah. go. Speaking of uh, fobbing and throbbing, I would love to know, who am I playing against you in my best of five today, Jesse? Race car man. Race car man. <laughs> All right. Play race car man. For those of you who are joining for the audio, this is the end of the journey, but thank you all for listening. You may have noticed that I'm calling this a double header episode in some capacity. I don't know what the title is yet, but we, uh, well, let me rephrase. We, we recorded a podcast last week that I never uploaded because it has been super rough for me this past week, work, not feeling well, but I'm going to smush these two episodes together. So you have another round of catching up on news to get into right after this. So you can go ahead and keep listening because you'll have looked at your phone by now and gone, why are they, why are they signing out? There's still like 30 minutes left to go. Well, there you go. Now you know why. All right. Thank you all for joining us. For those of you who are still tuning in for the live stream, twitch.tv slash Hada, and who are checking this out on YouTube, we have another exhibition best of five to get into right now. So let me actually pull up Slippy Launcher because I forgot to do that. Oh, uh, that's totally fine. I need to put on a little bit of, I need to put on some jams. Hey, Hada, how's it going in melee? Uh, I'm still sick. Hey, that's okay. Uh, stupid dishwasher. Hey, that's okay. Let's talk about the Ludwig Smash Invitational. No, I was trying to say what better way and no better way all at the same time. I'm too excited. There's no better way to get started on Melee News than to talk about LSI results. And Hada, you're here. Thank you for joining me yet again. So we're going to talk about this Ludwig Smash Invitational once you have it pulled up, I sprung that on you pretty quickly. Yes. Maybe we should start with results from top to bottom, or we could talk about the LCQ first. I don't know how to get into this other than to say that I was once again wrong. I did not pick the winner correctly, Hada. It is such a shame. Yeah, some Zane is inevitable. Zane just, uh, sometimes he'll just find it. Sometimes he'll just do it up. And um, outside of playing... Um, outside of being a fan of Melee, I think someone said it bust. It was, um, I think Ludwig was on the commentary screen. It's like, you know, even as a Melee head, I can watch Ultimate and I can watch MK Leo play. I can be like, damn, big MK Leo fan. And I can agree with that sentiment. I hate Ultimate. I do not think it's a good game. I don't think it should, anyone should ever waste their time taking that game seriously. But when it comes down to it, the goat's gonna do what the goat's gonna do, and MK Leo is inevitable, even more inevitable than any goat we've ever had in melee. I think, with arguable consistency and dominance to Prime Armada, I think MK Leo actually makes that game enjoyable. So shout outs to MK Leo for winning the singles event for Ultimate, and um, Zane for taking home the first place spot in melee singles. So now that we've gotten our 
two minutes max of ultimate talk for our entire season. We can promptly move on to melee talk. And I think the surprise, the qualification, at least through the last chance qualifier, was um, if you've been in the melee scene long enough, when there's a qualification spot, when there is a prize to be found in a qualifier, unbelievable. Shroomed <laughs> will capture it no matter how little they've been playing, how much Amazing. they've been practicing. And, you know, as a, um, hang on, I got to tee up this bit, but as a peach main, seeing Shroomed with. My boy Triff on stage taking a shot mid set. You didn't see it, but my my lights turned red because I'm angry. How dare you disrespect Ooh. my boy? My boy Triff. He flew all the way from Spain. He walked uphill both ways backwards with his luggage, two miles to the venue, barefoot, with you know a family member who is sick, and it's just like you're gonna really just sit there. While you are shaking my man's peach, and you're gonna take a shot with Edgard Edgard Shelby in the middle <laughs> of the set, my boy Nun, Nun, what are you doing? What's going on here? And it's just like you know, it hurt my heart just a little bit, just a little, just a little, little. Eh. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, all's well that ends well. Unfortunately, Triff did not qualify for the final day or into the main bracket. We did also have Melee Stats' own Lunar Dusk. Melee Stats consistently hitting top marks with their with their sponsored players consistently playing well. Uh, Spud from Oceania, the Marth man himself, and we also had Franz. Franz doing pretty good. Uh, Franz did qualify into the bracket as well. Didn't really do too much in the main Swiss bracket. Uh, did end up beating Polish with, I believe, one or two timeouts. And a weird Dr. Mario Cyclone stage spike thing, because Polish had to get one more hit before the timeout. It was it was a little wonky. It was pretty entertaining. But, you know, that's, our, that's basically a quick super summary of the last chance qualifier. It was a great time. And um, I was honestly, I was at a tournament all the day of the main bracket, so you're gonna have to catch me up on that. So, <clears throat> with Saturday being as hectic as it was, the way that the Swiss pool ended up working out was that <clears throat> if you are in your pool and there were two pools of 16, mm -hmm. if you're in your pool and you win a set, then you're gonna play against somebody else who also won a set. And you'll keep doing that until a few players turn out to be 3 0. A few turn out to be three and one. A few turn out to be three and two. And then on the other half, you don't want this to be two and three or one and three or oh and three. Because in order to move on to the top 16 bracket, you have to do three, two or better. So in other words, you'll keep playing and you'll play and you'll play until you make, sorry, until you win three sets. <clears throat> and it's really cool because... I was talking to you, Hada, just now about how if you win a set, you play against somebody who also just won a set until two players that are 2-0 and will play against each other to see who's going to go 3-0, and who will go 2-1 and and have to play against somebody else who's 2-1. and Okay, what if you go 2-2? Two and two? Now you have to play against another player who is also 2-2 two and two in the pool. So really, really clear, defined chances for the people who start off hot. Mm -hmm. Or if you fall behind, you still have a chance to make it up against other people who have been shaky. And when I say shaky, I'm talking about... Good players losing to great players, great players losing against top players. The, 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 the line of error, I mean, you knew that you could have some upsets happen, and we did see some upsets, but it was, it was so fascinating where at first I thought we were just going to see all 16 players take turns playing each other. I was very wrong about that. My bad. Sorry, y'all. We got to see instead really this interesting mix of, of course, you're going to see people like Mango and Zane run up against each other. And we're all going, is this what is this? This is happening right now <laughs> during pools. And we're probably going to see this again. We didn't. Oh, you get what I'm saying. It was, I really, really enjoyed the Swiss pools format. And I really enjoyed the quad stream. Let's talk about the quad stream a little bit. Did you watch any of that? The quad stream. I did not. I was, I was, oh, the dog is looking at my face. Luca wanted to say hello. Hello, everyone. Um, but what I really liked about, like you said, that format is, okay, you, um, you get to see those really, um, high quality matchups 
uh, announce themselves too freely, <laughs> and then you kind of get to see it trickle down, trickle down as you know Swiss format would dictate. Um, something that I thought was really interesting about this format was seeing the people who were given the chance to make those big upsets as early as that Swiss format, as that Swiss pools format, and as late as being able to ride that high and get those big matchups later. Super impressively slug, slug making a huge pit of upsets as well. I believe taking uh, a five game victory over Mango. And mm-hmm. I can't let me, let me pull up that final bracket real quick. But Slug went on an absolute tear. Absolute tear. Let me see. Where'd he go? So 3 0 over Josh Man. Loses 3 1 to H Box. Drops into the loser's bracket. Beats Aklo 3 1. Takes mm-hmm. out Mango Game 5. Takes out JMook 3 0. Runs H Box to Game 5. And um, that was such a close Game 5, too. Ugh. Uh, Slug could have done it. Slug could have honestly went out to fight. So Leffin. close. Slug was so close. Uh, it hurts so much, Hada. If if Slug would have taken that game five, it would have been honestly. It would, I wouldn't have been shocked if Slug took the whole thing. I think the Slug won a game on FD versus Hungry Box. Consider this. Consider this. Yeah, Slug's a monster. Crazy. Slug also, also the the game five set versus Mango. Sopo, you got a Sopo clutching with a tech chase last stock situation for game five. Yep, Slug's a monster. Like I, if if you drop, you can't just give Mango a chance to claw his way back. But more importantly, you can't take your foot off the gas when there's just one climber on on the stage. Still has a great wave dash. Still has a great tech chase. Still hits hard. Honestly, gets an isolated back air. Gets a tech chase down smash forward smash. It can still or sharking with. Up smash, it can still be a very deadly character. So big ups to Slug going on a crazy run. Uh Wizrobe taking Hbox to game five, uh prompting a pop-off. Um and was- actually actually, Hada, oh, no, there was a lot of pop-off edging. Oh, true, true, true. We didn't really get to see that many exclusive pop-offs from Hungrybox this past weekend. In fact, to the point where Ludwig asked on stream to Hungrybox after he after he placed... No, I think it was... I think it might have been between Losers Finals and Grand Finals because we'll get to that. There was a little bit of a break there. Again, we'll get to that. It's juicy. <laughs> but <laughs> Ludwig asked, like, or, why are you holding out on us? <laughs> <laughs> oh god that, that's too funny I, I don't remember if it was was it th- it was not this tourney it was the last time cody beat hbox and cody pushed the chair across the stage to make sure that hbox couldn't you know do it some damage i thought that was a that was pretty funny that was definitely on the nose but it was pretty pretty funny um i think that's what's really cool about this bracket in particular is it really shows the depth especially at our top eight top ten level of how variable it is at the top like you had um amsa coming back off of back-to-back wins one at big house one at um off season and then dropping it to Wizrobe, just outside of uh just at seventh place i believe so seventh place sharing seventh place with mango being a tournament champion the last two majors um and looking further into the bracket you see jmook dropping to slug and slug you know popping up proverbially out of nowhere and uh, taking a lot of people's um, taking a lot of people's dog tags and taking a lot of names right now. Um, I do want to see a little bit more representation from that top fifteen, top twenty range. So people like Kadoran, people like Magi, people like Aklo, Pipsqueak, Johnny. I like we they've seen the potential to go and take big name sets. You know, and look no further than Pipsqueak. I believe winning Lost Tech City um over axe and mech and god who else it's axe. oh you're referring to low tech city low tech city oh they're all this they're all blend together there's lost tech city <laughs> low tech city lost tide capital they're all ltc low tide city that's what yeah. it was and then lost tech city yeah yeah, yeah. Low there tide we go city. yeah yeah but um, you, you have a lot of great representation. Aklo having a pretty firm grip over the tri-state area. Um, but I do think that a lot of these players are due for another breakout performance like we've seen from a player like Slug in this bracket. And I think that's what's so exciting about our top level of melee is no one's safe. No one's immune to upset. And even players 
as consistent as Jay Mook can fall to someone in that 15 to 20 range. Um, even players like, um, shoot, I'm looking at my record. Ah, like, you know, like I said, prime example, Amso winning two tournaments in the past couple of weeks and then falls out at seventh. So it's, what about IBDW? IBDW is trying to push for number one this year and finished outside of top eight, and it's tough. You have to play Mango to make it into top eight yeah. for the for this event, so that's tough. But you know how you know how IBDW came back from a break from melee and played really well at Big House. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's Leffen's turn to come back from a break. Not this 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 was not Leffen's first event uh, first event back, but Leffen <laughs> finishing third. Very respectable. The kind of result we were thinking Leffen would put in at Big House, or at least potentially put in. And then for the Ludwig Smash Inventational, Leffen places third. So IBDW and Leffen actually kind of switching there. This yeah. that little mini storyline is pretty interesting. Yeah, it feels like all these uh, top foxes coming back out of the woodwork after a little break. You know, let me just hop on the podium real quick, and then we'll reevaluate where we're going from there. And um, I saw a really funny tweet this past week was um, imagine having to play, you know, the super, you know, Cody representing like this young guy climbing up the ranks, super try hard, practices every day, wakes up at 6 a.m. to practice. And they have to play the drunken master mango and then gets 3-0 in a pretty dominant fashion. And sometimes it just goes out like that. But, um, you know, Melee is one of those things where I think um, actually Mango put out a very recent combo video. I think it was called like Fortnite battle pass or something like that it says it's on his youtube channel it's actually a really good video um and the entry little sequence says the only reason i play this game is to prove that everyone who plays this game is worse is, is bad or something like that or worse than me because <laughs> all you suck or something like that and then it's just him comboing all these top players and going absolutely ham bananas um but it really shows the depth of melee that no matter how long you play no matter um uh, how long you play what you're what you put into the game is what you'll get out of it. If you're sick, nasty on the sticks and you can put your personality on the CRT, on the monitor, uh, sometimes that'll just get you wins, man. I think that's mango to a T, just being able to play with his heart, being able to play with all that experience, put it all on, put it all on and pull every little piece of performance that he can. And he's been doing it for so many years. You know, I've always been a mango fan and always will be a mango fan. So even if mango goes out at seventh, I always know there's, there's another win coming out over the horizon. There's another win over the hill somewhere. And if mango finally gets tired of the criticism or the, you can't do it again and gets enough of that, I can prove them wrong again, energy, mm -hmm. then, you know, mango is going to be coming out fierce. Yeah. So, after this event, I look at players like Slug and Wizrobe, and I go, "These are uh, Slug's probably not going to be able to put up uh, put up enough results. Hopefully, Wizrobe will be able to attend more events. Although, having really, really intense, what's the word, insomnia, not being able to sleep at all. Right. I think Saturday night going into Sunday and still placing very well at this event is insane to me. Fifth, but." What I'm saying is that if Wizrobe is able to attend more events between now and the end of the year, has a pretty strong chance of a top 10 spot. Mm -hmm. But then I look at Slug. If Slug attended more events, Hada, we would have a top 10 Ices player in 2022. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. I, 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 these, are the, these are the reasons why Smash is so fun. Because yeah. even if you say Marth and, and Fox and Falco and Falcon and Sheik and Peach, and, and I guess... I guess Amsa, I guess Pikachu and, and Axe, excuse me, and Amsa with Yoshi. I guess, but let's forget Ice Climbers. Can we please forget Ice Climbers? We banned <laughs> Wobbling. No, why did everybody master handoffs? No. And Slug, legitimately the best Sopo in the world. That Sopo, if Slug were forced to play Sopo, could probably beat top 50 level players with just Sopo. It's, I, 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 I. Okay, I might be talking a little bit too hard in that direction, but <laughs> it is insane to me that I think about playing Slug Sopo with my Fox and I go, I have no shot. I just truly have no shot. I wouldn't be able to beat a Sopo in, in, a, in a best of five set. It's crazy. I do think Slug is um, definitely feels like a change of the guard. You know, we had a lot of top ICs in the latter end of the wobbling era. You know, thinking back to that top 100 list, uh, there was Sharks, there was Boyd, um, 
There was bananas. Bananas. Yep. Army. Uh, Woo. Uh, there was who was the one from Florida? It was Flipsy. Um, Pudgy Panda was really good. Um, there was a lot of ICs who had a really good grasp at neutral and knew how to get those openings. And the difference is now that Wobbling's banned, we have this opportunity to really push to see what the character can do. But Slug was the only one. We got Slug. We have um, Lunar Dusk. Lunar have, Dusk. Uh, mm-hmm. ENFP, MOF are all ICs that are really trying to push it and show that ICs still do have a punish game after their pretty, like I, I won't say masterful ability to win neutral. They have a solid neutral game, but... Uh, really boils down to you know can you convert and have that touch of death that you used to have with wobbling and some of these players definitely have that and i love this change of the guard i love this new idea and poor moki uh, <laughs> and it, i think what's interesting is that we're seeing a change in the guard in the greater melee scene as well you know i think tove tweeted out this past week was um you know, oh, found the tweet. Uh, due to a lot of introspection about what my place in the community will be this year, uh, Melee full-time has been a lot of fun, but now that I'm getting married, congrats, by the way, um, mm-hmm. I have to care about more of my finances. Might have to be shifted my priorities. I know Toph was a very um, apt working man, worked for Twitch, and I believe worked for NVIDIA previously, so I believe in software engineering. Uh, super uh, talented guy. I know that Toph will never have to want for much, but um, seeing players... Like and personalities of that Nate of that level and of that caliber. So your scars, your toves, you know, scar. Actually, streaming a lot more recently, which I thought I think is really cool. But these guys, scar even saying himself when he got the offer to commentate top eight at this most recent big house, he's like, I don't feel qualified. Like I don't know these new players. I can't speak on the new meta game. I can just be myself, and you know, be the personality that I've been my whole career. And it's like. I think it's um, it says a lot to the commentary community, me being a commentator myself. Um, in Melee, it's hard to pull people off that top commentary pedestal because we, in Mango's words, not mine, we're a bunch of homies sitting at a CRT playing for close to no money. And so it's like, why do you need super, super um, high-level commentary. Why do you need super professional commentary? We're not League of Legends. We're not Dota playing for millions of dollars. Of course, you want professional commentary. You know, suits on, ties ripped up, all good to go. But here, it's it's such a grassroots community, so you want to keep your personalities in. And, you know, as much as I lament me never realistically seeing myself commentating a top eight at a major, which I would love to do at some point. Um, I, I believe that, you know, at that top level... It is, um, <laughs> I, at the top level of commentary, it's so personality driven. All those personalities and all those voices are so ingrained with top level melee. You have, you know, Vish, Chof, Scar, Brandon, Phil, um, you know, all these people who are so ingrained in that top level community that it's, it's hard to see new voices get behind those top tier sets. You know, we saw a little bit this past year with Walton Radar. Uh, commentating, you know, eighth through fifth of top eight at a couple Canadian majors this past year. But that's really all we've seen. It's really mixed up those top commentary personalities. And now with a lot of these personalities, even themselves saying, you know, I think I have to take a step back. I think there needs to be a change in the guard. I'm really excited to see, you know, who, which different voices, which different personalities push in through the cracks. And how, will we see a true shift in perspective um, from the production side, from the commentary side, and even from the player side, moving into the next couple of years. Otto, there was some commentary controversy at the Ludwig Smash Invitational. Mm-hmm. There was uh, different threads of this, so I'm not going to go back and look at my history of likes and such, but let me put it to you this way. I think that people thought it was too chill for the magnitude of the event that the couch style commentary where there were like a minimum of five people sometimes squeezing in like a sixth person you got people on there that are not necessarily good commentators at all at all times sometimes putting in a heater sometimes just sitting there and occasionally saying something and we're all just like mhm 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 but i overall from what i was hearing I was enjoying the commentary until top eight. At top eight, I thought, let's make it a a smidge more serious. I'm fine with Ludwig being up there still because it's Ludwig's stream. Ludwig's 
audience will want to be able to at least hear him, if not see him. Ludwig so minus two thousand two hundred thousand dollars that he's spending, and Ludwig two hundred thousand in the red. You know, I'd hope he get to commentate top eight if he's exactly, exactly. Yet. But put him with Brandon and Phil for the first half of top eight, and then put him with with <clears throat> Tov and Vish for the second half of top eight. But what ended up happening, Hada was it was just like. Who who wants to talk? <laughs> and it led to uh, you know the the little bit of like the, it was like too casual feeling sometimes, but what almost made it all worth it almost mm-hmm. was after losers finals, Hungrybox beats Leffen fairly convincingly, and it was uh, I, I want to say three one yes it was three one and then Leffen comes up to the mic and starts jawing he just like. Oh, we need to ban Puff. He put himself on. He put he put himself as a sacrificial lamb. Be like, I needed more regulation on Puff camping, otherwise I'm not gonna play melee next year. And I'm like, whoa, hey buddy, whoa, wait, calm it down. And then Hbox comes down off the stage and says, Hey man, I'm hearing what you're saying. He had the stream on his phone on stage yes. listening to what Leffen had to say. And he goes. Hey man, uh, are you done talking? Can I start my set? And he's like, he's like, oh, can I, can I play losers finals? Can I play for third here? Is that cool with you, William? Uh, yeah, it was uh going into grand finals, but yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no uh, big deal. Grand finals of the one of the biggest, most stacked tournaments. Well, the stack stackiest tournament of all time. And right before grand finals, we have a losers interview essentially, and it was glorious. But it still didn't quite, like I said, it almost, it almost made up. It fell short ultimately of the idea where I was like, this needs a little bit more gravitas, Mm. a little bit more of, hey, why don't we just have three voices, Mm. Ludwig plus two other people, and let's not have it be super ultra crowded on a couch where everybody can just walk up and start chilling. I... For top eight, I didn't enjoy it, but top 16, that was fun. For all of day one, where they were doing the the the, the pools and Swiss, Swiss pools, that was fun. And for LCQ, it was fun. I enjoyed it the whole weekend, except for top eight. And then there was still a few bright spots, like, like we already talked about. The Leffen thing, hilarious. Now, specifically, if Leffen decides he doesn't want to compete in melee in the year 2023 because we're not changing any rules related to stalling then uh too bad uh, and then the reason why i say too bad is not because i hate leffen or anything it's because i got plenty of other players to watch in terms of playing melee it's fine i would would have said in times past oh no we need leffen to play melee but Honestly, half the year we don't even get Leffen anyway because he's in Sweden, and it's sad that he doesn't come over here more, I guess. I don't know. It's mean to ask anybody from Europe to be here on a more regular basis. I don't know how Pipsqueak and and, and Leffen do it seem to do it like so much. It's crazy. It's incredible. So thank you, Europe, for trying to show up to these North American events. I'm just saying that, oh, no. Anyway, that's that, that's those that's my thought on Leffen not competing in 2023 if, if the rules are not changed. And I would say specifically for that set, Hungrybox did about this much of the camping that you were describing on the on the mic afterwards because air stalling that seems valid, but he was just sitting there on the ground on the other side of final destination. He was refusing to engage, but he wasn't <clears throat> He wasn't even ledge stalling and ledge planking. So that's what I'm kind of confused about because Hungrybox is doing what he wants to, which is, I'm winning, so come and get me. And Leffen, wisely understanding, I don't have something completely together right now in this moment. Something's off about how I'm playing the game. And Hungrybox is literally the execution tester personified true i mean he says it himself he says if my opponent is playing perfectly i can't beat them i wait for them to make mistakes and then i go in that's literally what hungry box's game plan is so if you're if you're not up to snuff and i don't know leffen has shown for the past two or three years that he is up to snuff against hungry box i mean that 6-0 beat down at smash con in 2019 that was brutal and i i thought there's no chance that Hungrybox can beat Leffen unless it's like a game five grounded out scenario but this was a 3-1 it was pretty convincing in Hungrybox's favor yeah I think uh Hbox 
has always proven to be a very consistent player. Hbox has proven to be a very consistently frustrating player to play against. Mm -hmm. I have played against Hungrybox on three separate occasions in my life. Once was in bracket, two times were in friendlies. And how'd you get him from friendlies twice? There are top <laughs> players who have not played two friendlies with him, and you've somehow played two friendlies with him, Hada? It's probably because I'm brown and I'm bad. So he saw another Hispanic melee player, and he's like, "I'm down." And uh, well, I mean, and I'm also you, a nobody, so he's like, "You know, I'll play." You, you two could be nobody. confused with each other sometimes. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say I look like Juan, but um, that's uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I digress. But when it all comes down to it, um, I think Juan is more impactful for the longevity of melee than Leffen is. I hate to say it. I've been a big Leffen fan for a very long time. I love his perspective on melee. I think he's a very accomplished, very exciting player to watch. Whereas on the other hand, um, Hbox is a very polarizing player to watch and enjoy because you're either an Hbox fan, woo, Hboxw in the chat, whatever, um, spamming gifted subs in his Switch the second he gets back home, or you hate watching Hbox play, and either way, you get viewers on the stream, which is, at the end of the day, very, very important. So when it comes down to Leffen leaving himself as a sacrificial lamb, saying, you know, we need to nerf Hbox again or something along those lines, it's, you know, it's not to... I, I understand where Leffen's coming from, and it's a huge reason why I similarly don't enjoy playing singles melee anymore. It's... After a while, you begin to understand what you enjoy in Melee. What niche of the game that brings you happiness, that brings you joy. And mine is doing wacky stuff with characters that don't make sense and trying to put it in a Twitch clip. And I think Leffen loves speed and dynamic neutral and adaptations and blah, 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 blah. I think that Leffen is such a intellectual player because he's... Not only accomplished in Melee, he's very accomplished in DBFZ, he's accomplished in Guilty Gear Strife, he's literally an EVO champion in a completely different fighting game um, in Guilty Gear. And it's it shows to his level of mastery, his level of the f mastery of the fighting game genre that proves the, the disciplines of Melee that bring him joy, which is, you know, having dynamic neutral, adapting on the fly, um, mastery of specific tech trees uh, that allow him to execute on punish and after winning neutral and with puff that really doesn't exist when you're playing against <laughs> a top level puff especially something like someone like hbox who is there to execution test you you know that's not leffen utilizing his hands and his brain that's just leffen utilizing his ability to win neutral twice before hbox can win neutral once get the lead and force hbox to actually play neutral with him if hbox wins that first neutral interaction if hbox wins the first couple neutral interactions leffen doesn't get to play the game that leffen enjoys which Again, I understand because I don't enjoy playing tournament melee. I think it's tournament melee is inherently more defensive, it's inherently more scrap, it's inherently less scrappy, it's less prone to uh, like dynamic neutral and uh, creative punish trees. I guess me, not necessarily myself, not really caring too much about neutral, more creative punish trees and creative options. Um, it's just a very different mindset. And I think when Leffen plays anyone except for Hbox, Leffen gets to do that. Leffen gets to solve problems. He can solve a puzzle while he's playing Melee. Um, and I think that's what makes Melee such a beautiful game. And putting himself up to a lot of scrutiny here, and I think uh, Plup said it best that, you know, going to a tournament, you know, all these people like leaning on pre-johns like, oh, I didn't sleep well or, oh, I'm really hungover. Or, oh, my controller this or, oh, I'm jet lagged or I'm this. Everyone throwing pre-johns on Twitter prior to every tournament or prior to every top eight. It just it takes away a lot of what tournament melee is. And tournament melee also extends to being outside the game where you have to adapt to the venue being cold. You have to adapt to not having super healthy food to eat. You have to adapt to sleeping in a bed that's not yours, sitting on a setup that's not yours, a crowd that's not your home crowd, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that with especially the onset of Slippy, there's a lot more people who are prone to forget about that aspect of tournament play and just immediately go to, oh, I didn't win because of X. It's like, no, you didn't win because you didn't. 
execute when you needed to. You didn't execute to the challenges that you were given. And um, I think we saw a lot of what the current mindset of the Melee community looks like as a, as a result of the Ludwig tournament and especially Big House. Um, and I think we have a lot of growing to do still as a community. Uh, I think we have come a long way, but of course there is, like many people have said, especially Mango, there is a lot more Melee to be played and there are many more stories to unfold. Zane retweeted a tweet from, I think it was near the beginning of the Slippy era, or it was from earlier this year, something like that. Anyway, Zane retweeted a tweet saying, why not just have the eight-minute timer still be a thing, but regardless of stocks, regardless of percentage, the player closest to the 0.0 latitude-longitude thing at the very end of the game is the winner, which in other words forces you to to approach your opponent because if they're in the middle, they're going to win. So you want to be in the middle so that you can win. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter about stocks. It doesn't matter about percentage. Literally the person closest to 0.0 on the latitude longitude, the exact center of the stage, that person is the winner on the final frame. I like that idea for, for future online events and online events are where we experiment. So I'd be interested to see that in a potential online bracket in the near future i mean what's the what's the harm i mean you won't have top players or mid-level grinders show up maybe but who cares let's 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 give that a try I, I'd, I'd be down there are other suggestions of course that people have been throwing around back and forth but as is the case most of the time there seems to be a, uh, an overall level of everybody goes okay and maybe one tournament organizer will say, "All right, let's let's give something else a try," and either it'll stick or it won't. That's sort of how wobbling got banned, not not to a T or anything. That's okay. I'm, I'm not. Go watch the Austin Melee video to see how exactly wobbling got banned. But it, it started with one person saying, "Let's ban it," and then slowly, yet surely, other people said, "Oh, okay. I guess wobbling's banned." And then here we are now. Yeah. So, <laughs> I. I can't do this for much longer. Let's go ahead and start to wrap up and get towards the exhibition, Hada. Right. I wanted to make sure that we have a chance to preview anything that's happening this weekend, but off the top of my head, I cannot think of anything in terms of a big melee event that's happening this upcoming weekend. You got anything? There is, I think, Blumbo, who is famously the, the female Kirby player from the Big House Smash Sisters crew battle who took seven socks. Uh, Blumbo, super sick T.O., and um, I believe is going to be running a tournament called, here we go, where is it? It's, uh, woo, where'd it go? Nightmare on Dreamland is going to be um, this upcoming weekend. I will be commentating it. So if that's something that you enjoy, it's going to be an online bracket. I believe commentated by myself and Yokai Nels. Um, so if that's something nice. that you enjoy, swing on by. Blumbo's super sick. Um, other than that, um, I think that's about it. But yeah, if you guys enjoyed everything that's come about our podcast week by week, and of course, um, everything that comes from our exhibitions this past couple of weeks, I believe I've won the last two. I cheesed it with Martin. I got my main on the next week, and now I have no idea who I'm playing today, but we will see. But um, if you enjoy the content, at HeyHada on Twitch and Twitter, we are live on my stream as of right now. Of course, the winner of the <laughs> exhibition will tell them yeah the winner of the exhibition does stream the the live recording every single week so if you guys want to see either myself or jesse's stream i believe a cypher 0003 on twitch and then, sorry it's actually 0033 but it doesn't matter because we're on twitch.tv slash hey hada woo. that is me and uh guys please follow jesse and of course follow the podcast on twitch and on twitter at uh, bsm pod um, and continue to support us. I know there's some Spotify listeners. I know I listen to it on Spotify personally. Um, some Apple and all the other podcast platforms and super enjoy all of the support. But without further ado, it is time. Jesse, who am I playing this week? You're playing Sheik. I'm playing Sheik. All right. <sighs> 